You're listening to DraftKings Network. God bless football, Billy Gill. God bless football, Mikey A. God bless football, Stugatz. What a weekend we have, boys. It is a big weekend, both Saturday and Sunday. Big weekend of football. You excited, Billy? Uh, I am excited, but I'm excited about most weekends because it's the end of my week. You know? <laughs> does that make sense? Uh, yes, it does. It does make sense. Uh, Mikey, are you excited for the football weekend coming up? I want to get to the college football playoff in a second or the college football. The committee came out with the rankings uh, for the first uh, for the first time this season. I want to address that in just a second. But Mikey, are you excited for a big weekend that caps off with Chargers Jets on Monday night? I, I think I'm a little nervous about trying to find time to do anything other than watch football on Saturday and Sunday because we just have game after game in slot after slot for Saturday and Sunday. So I'm trying to figure out when I'm going to get some stuff done. Mm. Uh, Billy, do we have a, a fantasy football contest before I get to the college football playoff? We do. Go to dkng.co slash Levitard. Compete against us in weekly fantasy uh, guys, I did so last week. I won $6. Boom. Doubled my money. $3 really? buy-in, $6 payout. If I would have invested a million dollars, I'd be $2 million richer now, even though I don't have anywhere near a million dollars. So I'd go deeply into debt on that gamble that my fantasy football team would win. And then since it's a $3 buy-in, I guess I'd have to get 333,000 entries okay. to use my million dollars. And then if I did the same thing, I'd split it with 333,000 versions of myself. And I think there's like only 125 winners. So I don't think that I would have actually, it probably wouldn't have been financially sound decision. Yeah. And it's a gamble, but Hey, you know what? Doubled my money. I won six dollars yeah. on the three that Life's I invested. Life's a gamble, Billy. You know what I'm saying? It is. A, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I feel like I made the prudent decision in only you know spending three dollars instead of a million that I didn't have, in the hopes of maybe doubling it. So, um, Mikey, do you understand the single word that he just said? Like any of it? Any of it? I caught. I caught bits and pieces. I knew three <laughs> and million. Yeah. <laughs> bits and pieces. Is that what you caught? Really? Yes. How do you guys feel about the college football committee? Because I have, for the life of me, I have no idea how your job is to sit around and watch college football for the entire season and not, and then determine who makes the playoffs and not realize that Michigan, A, has not played anybody yet. They will. They'll play Ohio State coming up, so, so they'll have a chance to prove themselves. But Washington, who's on the outside looking in, has the best. Now, I know the last two victories have not been that impressive, but they've been victories. And they have the most impressive victory of anyone in that top six. They beat Oregon, who's sitting at number six. How Washington is not in the college football playoff to me over Michigan is absurd. You're a silly boy. You're falling for their tricks because this doesn't actually matter. They have like six, seven weeks to change this. You just put whoever, wherever, and you know there's going to be movement. Uh, it doesn't matter where the teams are now. Are you saying, and you're an expert in this field, are they intentionally trying to piss me off? Is that what they're doing? Yeah, you're talking about it. If you would have put everyone exactly where they go on the first one, then there's no movement the rest of the season. Obviously, teams will play each other. Some will win, some will lose. So there's going to naturally be movement. But 
you always got to throw in a wrinkle or two on the first one because then it keeps people interested, keeps people talking. You know what I want to one? But what so I, I fell know. for it, Billy. That's what you're saying. I fell oh, yeah. For hook, it. Hooks, yeah. hook, line, and sinker. Hook, line, you know, and sinker. You Damn know what it. I'm wondering, and I've always kind of wondered, um, and maybe we could talk to one of these people, but I don't think I actually want to, so I'd, I'm kind of cautious in actually telling you this. I wonder what it feels like being an AP voter this week and for the rest of the season because it doesn't really matter what you think. So why go through the hoops and the bells and whistles right. for the rest of the season? Do Just I send in an empty ballot. Right. Be like, this too time-consuming. I don't want to watch these games. I don't want to think about it. What I say doesn't actually matter from here on out. So I did your work for the first nine weeks or so of the season. I'm done. I, I wonder, does the committee weigh the A people at all? Do they? No. They think they're, they're better no, they than don't. the A people. The yes. committee does what the committee wants to do, right? That's it. Yes, <laughs> so you're <exactly> right. right. <laughs> Let's get someone from the Associated Press who has to fill out these meaningless polls every week and ask how he's doing it, how she's doing it, if they're doing it, if they're passing it along to their kids and they're sending it in blank. I mean, I'm with you, Billy. James Madison, number one, send. I'm with you. <laughs> I would do that. Hold on. <laughs> Air Force, guys. Air Force. Come All on. Right. All we right. respect James the military Madison, on this show. Yes. You're right. I fell for it, Billy. I can't believe I fell for yeah, it. You're sorry. 100% right. I'm sorry about it. that for you because you look like a fool. <laughs> Thank you, Billy. <laughs> I've been doing this for 30 years, and I fell for the oldest trick in the book. Ah, uh, the oldest trick and in the book. And you finally look like a fool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your it's the first time so- for everything, Mike. <laughs> There's no spots on your record until this moment right here. Until this moment. Now you're the fool. (laughs) They got me. Damn committee. Football's in Germany, huh? Yeah, Dolphins Chiefs, Billy. You excited? This is a big one. Big one for the Dolphins, Billy. I am a little bit because I've railed against these uh, these European games. But now, you know what? I get the Dolphins game out of the way by noon. And then I can, if I have, you know, chores or whatever that I need to do, I can kind of do it and just have the red zone on in the background the rest of the day. I may like like this. I may like this 930 thing. Well, Billy, I'll tell you what, for you, because I know you, you could skip the one o'clock slate and then you'll get back for like Cowboys and Eagles. You can enjoy your day. You're right. From like noon till 430, you are free. Then Cowboys, Eagles, Bengals, Bills. You have those games uh, later in the afternoon and at night. I may have a barbecue. Really? We'll see. <laughs> after the game. Yeah. The Chiefs after game. The game. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to barbecue meat at 930 in the morning. You crazy? <laughs> I'm sorry. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So... What is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Oh, I remember 1975. We were all excited. The bicentennial was right around the corner. Everyone was focused. 200 years. And then all of a sudden, Miller Lite sparked a new debate. Great taste or less filling? Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality. Great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. A light beer that tastes like beer. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller Time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com GBF. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer.
Stugatz here for my friends over at DraftKings. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boost, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down, and if you are new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. I love bonus bets. Who doesn't? The conference semifinals have some great matchups. You have the Knicks and Pacers in the East. You have the Nuggets and T-Wolves in the West. Oh, it is just getting good. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code LAF. That's code LAF for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. I can't see you guys uh, right now, but whatever. Oh. We don't. I don't have to see you. That's probably a gift from God that I don't see you. Actually, I'm looking so good, good today. Oh, yeah. uh, highly unlikely. Highly. No, he's got a suit and tie on, Chris. He does. Yeah. He looks great. He dressed up for you. I heard you're going to be in the NBC studio, so I wanted to dress the part. You know. Uh, yep. Yep. Uh, you have a suit and tie on. We'll see. Can Can we work on me seeing them? Is that possible in my, our control room here at NBC? Billy, run to your closet now. Don't, get a suit and tie don't on, bother. please. I'm not actually. <laughs> Billy, just put a red sweatshirt over it. <laughs> just get a tie. <laughs> Give a second. I might be able to. We might be able to work this out here. All right. Chris. Oh, there we go. I see him. I'm good now. There no, you don't is. see him yet. Hold on. He he, oh, he had to yeah, go. He yeah. had he had to attend to to something for his wife. Hold on one second. Chris Sims is going to join us in a second. <laughs> well, he's here. What am I talking about? PFD with Mike Florio, the Unbuttoned Podcast, Football Night in America. We are all just waiting around <laughs> for Billy to come back into the Zoom so Chris Sims can see him all dressed up. Mikey A is laughing. I'm hoping he can do this quickly. I'm not certain he can do anything quickly, uh, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see when he gets back. What's going on, Chris? Uh, nothing much. Is he really trying to put on a suit and tie right now? Is that what he's trying to do? Is he? No, he had yeah. one on, and right. I think he, yeah, his wife asked him to help out with something. With uh, <laughs> I'm right. totally so just, you. He's <laughs> so he's so unprofessional. I mean, and now you know, it just there's another glimpse into his life. Mikey, what are you laughing at? I bet there he is. Oh, there he is. Whoa, hey, way to suit go! And tie. Way to go. How about that? Everything good? Your wife still likes you? Good. What? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I made up an excuse as to why you weren't in the Zoom. I said you were dealing with something with your wife. <laughs> and then I bailed on the lie. <laughs> no, I was not wearing a suit and tie. And then they told me to go put one on for you. So here we are. Uh, yeah, that's a good look. You look sharp right there. <laughs> Thank you. You're still you're still sporting those Miami Marlins, even though baseball season's over. And uh, I mean, there's just other things to support now. You're still doing that, huh? I mean, you're so, still talking football, even though you sucked at it. So what are we going to do here? Jesus <laughs> Christ. Holy shit, Sims. Don't let him get away with that. I apologize immediately. Sucking, sucking is, you know, it's, it's, it's a relative term or, you know, you could go a lot of ways. Like I did play in the NFL, so I couldn't have sucked that bad. No, right? you were good. You know? I apologize. But, Listen, but no, he's frazzled. No, career, His wife just yelled at him. Sucked. He was in a rush to get a suit on. Sims. Yeah. He didn't mean it. He takes it back. He I do take it back also in part because I know we're like three months away from seeing you and I don't want you to remember that and hurt me. Oh, no, it's, it's already filed away. You're definitely going to get a headlock at the Super Bowl. See you in Vegas. Ha <laughs> ha.
He wrote it in the notebook. Yeah. Speaking yeah, of Vegas, speaking yeah, of Vegas. he planned out a headlock for you. <laughs> You're an asshole, man. He was the number one recruit in the country. He played quarterback in Texas. He played in the NFL. I mean, uh, I know, but I, I've sucked in the NFL. He's he has no spleen. That. Yeah, I know the sacrifices I've made. You know, but that's okay. Nobody cares anymore. That's that's his generation. They don't care about anything. They just all they're worried about is you know likes what? on Twitter and Instagram. It's all they uh, care you know about. What? He'll Chris, get it done now. I mean, Chris, Chris, <laughs> what? I, as a token of my apology, should I pass before you? I will leave you my spleen in my will. I don't need it. Okay, no. so don't worry. I'm doing fine without a spleen over here. I don't want your crappy ass spleen. Okay, it That's probably isn't know. good. Do you want anything for Billy? Like, not, uh, not really. I want Billy to take me out to a nice dinner with all of us while we're oh, in Vegas one night. That's what right. I do. Right, an okay. apology no, dinner. Right. No bullshit place, Billy. McDonald's. Like, I only eat at bougie diva places, okay? When I go out to dinner, I'm not looking to go to, you know, Chili's or anything like that, all right? You better bring me and the crew here to a high-quality, <laughs> big-time restaurant. I love this. Your mistake as Billy paying for my dinner in Vegas. This is You're great. not coming. I can't afford all you of you. just said the crew. We're the crew. I mean, well, <laughs> you guys I can... better be there. I mean, what are you oh, talking about? Oh, we're going to be there. But speaking of Vegas, Chris, you know who else is going to be there? The Jets Hill. are going to be there in two weeks, and so is Mikey to watch them. Oh, yes. I I know, uh -huh. and we're we're it's a Sunday night football game. Yes, right? sir. I mean, so I don't know thinking? what I don't know what the point of flex schedule is. If you can't get out of that game, you can't flex out of anything. I don't know what the hell to say there. <laughs> is it a Sunday night? It's a Sunday oh, night. Oh, right? it's a Sunday night. Sunday like since when they decided, hey, we're going to stay with that game. Did you run upstairs and say, what the? F are you guys doing? I saw it and I was like, damn, the NFL really doesn't like us. Holy well, crap. Then what did I, we do at NBC? The men, them not like, you know, I mean, holy crap. We, <laughs> we had that game. And last week we had bears chargers. Let me remind you. So, whoa. <laughs> uh, uh, but since we geez. brought up the Raiders, what yeah. the hell happened with Josh McDaniels? Gosh, you know, I, I was surprised too. listen, I, not surprised. Like we're like, we, we could see it trending that way. You know, I, I, I had told some people at work, right, on, on Tuesday night, I got a text around like 8.30 p.m. from somebody I trust in the NFL that was like, Josh is in trouble, right, one of my friends. And I just thought, yeah, I, I mean, I wanted to be like, yeah, I know he's in trouble. They lose a few more games. He might get fired. You know, it's not looking good for him to coach into next year. I did not think it was going to happen, you know, when it did. I was shocked when I woke up Tuesday morning and I was like, what? They – Fired him last night while I was asleep. Um, I, I I don't like to see it happen. I have great respect for Josh McDaniels. I played for him. I worked underneath him. You know, I know how smart of a football guy he is there, right? But but at the same time, and I, I also want to say, hey, the, the New England way is not the kind of thing that just happens overnight. That's where I had kind of been like, hey, got to be patient with what the Raiders have done or doing. Right. It's not just going to be like, boom, right away. They don't have a ton of money that you can just throw out in free agency where they could buy a new team. That's not what they are. Uh, so with all that, I was hoping they, you know, could buy a little time here with Josh McDaniels. But I think at the same time, he's definitely made some mistakes along the way here where I can certainly understand Mark Davis's side of the story and justify him firing Josh McDaniels. You know, whether it's some of the in-game decisions that have made been made this year, 
you know, whether it's the signing of Chandler Jones, the big money, Darren Waller, the big money, Hunter Renfro, who doesn't play at all and giving him big money. You know, the lack of production from Devonte Adams this year, we didn't give a fifth year option to Josh Jacobs. He wasn't there in training camp. And then we basically gave him the fifth year option money and he was out of shape and he's not been in shape maybe until the last week here. Right. There's all of that. There's the Derek Carr situation. There's the we signed Jimmy Garoppolo and he duped us and he was hurt and he lied to us. And I think they even signed him thinking they would get a quarterback in the top 10 of the draft with pick number seven. That didn't work out. One of the things I hit on Tuesday morning is like the Raiders are stuck in no man's land. What were they going to do again this year? Like go six and 11 and not have that great of a draft pick to give them any hope or get a quarterback for the future. Right. I was thinking they might do something drastic on the trade deadline on Tuesday, just to Flip the whole team over. It's over. Blow it up. Try to get some blue chip players on your team. So I think because of all of that, I think Mark Davis just looked at it and went, this ain't going the way I expected it to go. And and he ripped the band-aid off and made a decision. Josh McDaniels is one of the best offensive coordinators. And we keep seeing these guys who are great coordinators just not do well as a head coach. Why does that happen so much? What is it that all these coaches are missing on that next step? Yeah, I, I think one, they get a little too into, wait, I'm the head coach, and they get away from like doing as much work of the offensive coordinator as they used to, right? Where they had the extra time, I'm going to be creative, I'm going to try this out. I think they become the head coach, you start to entrust other people to do some of that stuff at times. I would say that's one thing. You know, the second thing is I can say to this and, and, and have gone through it personally, the system there, that system is very hard to learn. It's like hieroglyphics compared to most systems in football to where I would go. It's something where you need a quarterback to be in it for a few years to really start to go, okay, here's the next level. Here's the next level, right? You know, and that's one thing where, you know, the buying of time or staying patient with McDaniels, I think would have helped, but you make that quarterback switch back to Jimmy Garoppolo, who's got a base feel for that offense. We know that, but I mean, come on. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, I think everybody's finally seeing it's, 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 it's just okay quarterback that was fortunate to be on some really good teams early on in his career. Chris, what's going on with the 49ers? Okay. So, um, I, the defense is the main issue. Okay. Right. I think uh, let's hit on the, let's hit, let me hit on the offense first one, you know, they've played some teams here as of late that are coached pretty well on the defensive side of the ball. They haven't been able to run the ball against Cleveland, Minnesota, or the Cincinnati Bengals, right? So we know it's Shanahan. They want to run the ball first. Debo Samuel, hurt, big weapon, big guy that Shanahan formulates all the offensive tricks and everything around. He plays Kittle off of Debo and Debo off of McCaffrey and McCaffrey off of Debo and then sprinkles in some Ayuk. So that hurts. That's had to add a little bit more pressure onto Brock Purdy. And Brock Purdy is good. But as you guys have heard me say, like I think everybody's now seeing it, you know, he's not Mahomes or Josh Allen where he's just going to go, hey, guys, I'll carry the team today. Don't worry. Now, he's damn good, like I said. Now, the world is insane where three weeks ago the whole world was trying to tell me he was Tom Brady and now this week those same people are going should they bench Brock Purdy right and that's where you want to go like calm the down okay 
one. He's done some really good things. He had two turnovers late in the game against Minnesota. We know that. Okay, but he still had played a pretty good game. Last week, this is where he has two bad interceptions. One, he gets a little unlucky one. The second one was bad. The the, the thing I would say to you, Billy, is he made more big-time throws in that game than any other game he's had in his career. So there was some things to look at at silver lining and go, damn, like he got bailed them out in some big third downs and some situations where you're like, if they don't go down and score right here, they might get blown out. So there is some positives there. The real thing is the defense, okay? The defense is the thing I'm looking at right now to go all that talent, right? And they've been picked apart here two weeks in a row. And I think Steve Wilkes is still getting used to the defensive system. We talked last week, that call at the end of the Minnesota game or at the end of Minnesota first half, the all-out blitz was about as dumb as it gets, right? But I think a little too, you know, it's, it's the Shanahan defense they run in San Francisco. It's nobody else. So you go to San Francisco and you got to learn how they want to run defense. And I think they're still in a process there. Their D-line hasn't been as dominant, I think, as they expected. Bosa's been good, not great. Hargrave started out the year pretty good, but has kind of fallen off here as of late. That other DN, and I think why they traded for Chase Young, they haven't had the production there. And I think they've been a little too predictable and don't disguise things all that well on the defensive side to where guys like Burrow and Cousins are walking up the line of scrimmage going, oh, they're in this coverage? Okay, I got it. Boom, boom, they pick them apart. And even as good as the 49ers are, you got to dress it up and disguise and throw a few wrinkles at quarterbacks like that. So that's kind of how I view it, Billy. Sorry for the long answer, guys. I'm assuming you love the move to get Chase Young, right? Oh, I mean, what I want to go is, like, nobody wanted to trade a little bit more and get Chase Young for something better. Weird. They let the 49ers trade away an end of their third round compensatory pick for Chase Young? Like, I'm shocked by that. That was a no-brainer. I know the 49ers were in the market for trying to find a corner. The next thing, the next best thing to help your secondary out, well, don't give the quarterback any time to attack your corners and just get after them with pass rushers. Chase Young, of course, we know has the potential to be really, really damn good. He's having a really good year this year. Now, I know people a little bit are shocked that Montez Sweat got more you know, in the trade package than Chase Young. Montez Sweat is better than Chase Young. He has been for like four years in a row. I know Chase Young was the number two pick in the draft and he went to Ohio State and people can't get out of that. Montez Sweat's a really good football player. But Chase Young, this situation there in San Francisco, I think is perfect for him, perfect for them, and we'll see where it goes. All right, I'm going to give you uh, some games here, and you just give us your thoughts on those games, and then we'll finish up with uh, with your co-host Mike Florio, okay? Because I'm so proud. Okay, of cool. All right, let's go to uh, let's start with Dolphins and Chiefs Sunday morning uh, in Deutsche Germany. Line. Yeah, the yeah. Chiefs. I, I saw you tweet out the Chiefs looked bored last week against the Denver Broncos. Maybe looking ahead to the Dolphins. Mahomes wasn't feeling well. This is such a great game. I prefer it at one o'clock, not nine thirty. I'd like to see if the Dolphins can go to Arrowhead and get a big victory on the road. It will be a neutral field to Germany, but what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, it's it's going to be a big spectacle. That's cool to see. The Chiefs, like, yeah, you know, they're, they're they steal a phrase from my co-host, Mike Florio. They like to play with their food, right? They, can, they get bored with teams at times. Mahomes played one of the worst games of his career last week. 
Mm. That was the one. I watched that game back on film thinking like, wow, I can't wait to see what Denver did on defense. I'm sure it was creative and cool. It was really basic, actually, and they just took away the big play, and Mahomes was impatient, and I think because he was sick, he just didn't see the field well. He made rash decisions. He predetermined some decisions. He was looking at the rush, obviously uncomfortable. I think that's scary for the Dolphins because now you know you're going to get ultra-focused. Let's get back on track, Mahomes, for sure, right? But I also look at Vic Fangio, his time in Denver, he was with Philadelphia last year. I think he's going to know how to defend this offense with the Chiefs. And I'm still not sure how good the Chiefs offense is. I mean, we know it's good. I get it. Do I think it's like, oh, we can take over a game anytime we want good? I'm not sure about that. I'm not. And I think this is a game Mahomes could have a hard time creating magic in because they have two good pass rushers on the edge that are pretty good at you know, getting after the quarterback and containing them and Phillips and Bradley Chubb. The other side of the ball, I got ma major respect for the Chiefs' defense. I do. But the thing that scares me is the Chiefs play man-to-man -man about as much as anybody in football. And you guys know, playing man-to-man -man against that offense with everybody going in every direction and zoom, zoom, zoom. And then, you know, of course, trying to cover Waddle and Tyree Kill man-to-man -man along with it. I'm riding with the Dolphins in this one. It's scary. I'm not going to bet money on it, but I'm going to take Dolphins 28-24, guys. The other game that's intriguing to me, 1 o'clock, is Seattle yeah. at Baltimore. Oh. I like that game. Seattle's good. Baltimore seems to be playing a lot better. Lamar Jackson seems to be playing a lot looser, familiar with the offense now. So two questions. Who do you like in this game, and what is Baltimore doing differently? Because Lamar, the last couple of weeks, looks a lot more relaxed, Chris. Yeah, yeah. I think the offense has come along to where he's comfortable in the Todd Munkin offense, all that's there. They got healthy. That's the other thing. You know, Bateman healthy, OBJ healthy, Mark Andrews was dealing injuries early in the year. Their O-line, you know, this is only two games in a row where they've been healthy. So I think that's a big part of this as well. Guys, I'm just like, it, you take the Eagles out of the equation, all right? Uh, the Ravens would be my team that I would pick as the second best team in football right now. Really? You know, wow. I, I think the Ravens and the Jaguars are sneaky, way better than the public is giving them credit for and could sneaky be in the Super Bowl. I, okay. I really do. And I feel even stronger with the Ravens of that way. The Ravens, to me, have the best defense in the game. It's creativity, size, talent, all of it. They can cover on the back end. So they got it all that way. You know, offensively, you said it. I think they're comfortable, the healthiness, right? And the thing I like, as compared to Greg Roman to Todd Munkin, Greg Roman had a great run game, but then the pass game, you were kind of like, eh, all right? Munkin, I like the pass game. I like the run game. He's kept a lot of the runs that they've had in there in Baltimore, and then he's found a way to tie them together better with the play-action pass and stuff as well. Lamar's been phenomenal off of that. You know, I like them to beat Seattle. Seattle, I think, is really good. I do. I like their defense. I like the trade for Leonard Williams. I think that's going to be big for them. I think they've had to put a little too much eggs into the we got to stop the run basket because they haven't been totally comfortable with their defensive line, and they've let up a few more plays in the pass game than I think they should with the talent there. I think that'll help that out. I just question the Seahawks' offense still. I, you know, they, they, They're a little bit of a hot and cold offense. They can get hot like you saw last week. They scored two quick touchdowns. And then they disappear to the last drive of the football game. You know, that's what I worry about in this one. They're not overly creative on the offensive side of the ball, and their O-line is just okay. 
and I worry about them on the road. I'm taking the Ravens to win this one. I picked the 27 to 17 guys, actually. Your Go friend ahead, Mike yes. Florio heard uh, through the grapevine. That Bill Belichick may get traded to the Commanders. What's going on there? Sims, I can tell you this. Uh, I have never seen Billy so excited about a story. I love uh, and, a grapevine. Uh, so do I. And three things. I drew three things from this story. One, if it's true. And I believe it is because I believe he does speak to the grapevine. Or he hears things through the grapevine. Uh, number one, I'm going to start using the grapevine as my source. Okay, it's a great source. Number two is, if it's true... Uh, I feel bad for Eric Bieniemy. Like, poor Bieniemy. What did he do? And number three is Belichick must really like Sam Howell. So with all that said, go ahead. The floor is yours. I, I, I don't think it's true. Oh. I, I don't. You wow. know, I, I think I, – and then I'm not saying my buddy Florio's lying or anything right. like that. Right. You know, it, it, Florio, he can go with his gut. You know, he does hear things from a lot of people that are in high positions. But, like – you know, I don't know. This is one where I haven't heard anything substantial to back it up. I think that's the big thing here. And, you know, is this one of those things that, like, you know, Magic Johnson and the new owner were like, man, I wonder if we should trade for Bill Belichick, and they just said that to a few too many people, and now it's on grapevine and that kind of shit? That's kind of how I envision this. One, like, here we go. Like, I, you know, I think the world of Bill Belichick, all right? But, I mean – one, does he want to go down there right now with that team and what they're doing and everything? Like, I don't look at that as to be the place where Bill's going, hey, I only got a few more years left in my career. Um, I'm going to go to the Commanders. And uh, they got a lot of holes to fill. And they just traded their two best defensive players. But I, I want to go to that place, right? I don't see that being a realistic thing in his brain, right? And what I would also say to the vice versa is that is – I'm not so sure Bill Belichick would necessarily invigorate the commander's fan base right now at this point of his career. Wait, we're going to get this old guy that seems like it's not working all that well in New England lately, and he might retire on us now, next year, the year after? I don't know. So that's where I, I don't think there's any validity. I do think it's an ownership group that's probably going to be aggressive, and that's probably why you've heard a name like that thrown out there to, to probably some people out there. All right, uh, PFD with Mike Florio every day on Peacock. Uh, tell Mike Florio, great job with the great fun. Uh, on Button Podcast as well, and uh, Football Night in America, uh, Sunday Night Football. Uh, anything for Billy on the way out? Billy, anything for Chris on the way out? I want to no, see I'm... you guys getting along here. It's important to me. We're okay? good. Both of you. Worry, we're good. I love Chris. You're the one trying to break us apart, Stu Gats. Right. I love Billy. Billy, I love Billy. Mm. I love him. I, I love him so much. I do. Don't worry. We're all good, Billy. I like getting... I like get, you know, you can give it back to me. I'm going to give it to you no matter what. So that just, it's okay. <laughs> I love your relationship. I really do. All right, Sims, get out of here. We'll talk All to right, you next week. All right, see you guys. Be good. Have All right, have weekend. a good weekend, man. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is joining us here on God Bless Football. How are you, man? Thank you for doing this. We appreciate it. Yeah, I'm great, man. Thank you all for having me on. What are you doing with Charmin, my friend? Yeah, man. So Charmin's helping us out, hooking us up for our trip over to Germany. Um, just make sure that we have the essentials, man. Um, there's nothing worse than getting to a, a foreign place and not having things that you need, like toilet paper. You know, so they, they hooked us up with some ultra soft toilet paper that we're going to be able to use and you know make sure that we'll be able to keep our routine the same because, you know, us athletes are creatures of habits. And so breaking that routine um, won't be great for our, our health, our mental health, for sure. 
Marquez, I love the idea of the NFL thinking of absolutely everything, and then you get there and you have the wrong toilet paper. So Charmin came in and said, you know what? We're not going to allow this to happen. We are going to send all the toilet paper you guys need to make sure everyone is as comfortable as possible. Man, you just never know what small thing could ruin your entire day, like not having the right toilet paper. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Has it ruined your day before? Is that why you got involved with Charmin? Nah, luckily I haven't, but uh, I don't want it to be the first time it'd be in Germany where I can't go get the stuff that I need. Um, I'm not <laughs> sure how to get around in Germany, so right. I can't just call how over. Do, how do you feel about playing the biggest game of the year in Germany? Yeah, I mean, I would have loved to much rather play it here at Arrowhead. You know, they're taking a home game away from us. And I think, you know, that's a huge advantage for us. But I think we'll have a good amount of fans over in Germany. Um, I think we I think we have one of the best fan bases in the world. And uh they were telling us that tickets are pretty much sold out or something like that. So I'm like, wow, that's impressive for us to have that many fans, you know, over in Germany to to come and support us. So I heard this week because I was critical of this and I was like, why are the biggest games being played in Germany? I feel like an arrowhead, especially, you know, you have in the fact that Tyreek Hill is going to be like a, a comeback game for him. Like it's going to be a big game. Um, it's mm-hmm. in Germany. And I was told that Germany has the second most amount of Americans living there outside of America, which I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what I was told why they're going to Germany. I, I wouldn't know. That's a, I mean, yeah, I couldn't tell Same. you. Same. <laughs> Me but neither. I, no, but I'm interested. I'm interested. Like, and I'm guessing you're not alone on this. But you guys feel like you're getting robbed of a of a of a home game at Arrowhead. This is a big game. You want to play it at your place, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, it, it sucks having to travel. You know, nine hours when we can just travel twenty minutes. Um, you know, but like I said, we we got we got fans everywhere. Um, and I do know that um, we do travel really well. So hopefully, we'll come out there and we'll be able to see all our fans. In red, opposed to the the whatever colors that they have, blue and orange. Uh, what happened to you guys yesterday, man? We turned the ball over too many times, man. Our defense played lights That's out. Right. Yeah, we just we just beat ourselves, man. We just can't have the turnovers, myself included. You know, can't have the fumble, um, the fumbles, the interceptions. You know, we're too good of a football team to to be doing that. Um, you know, and we get that fixed. And you know, credit to them, they they capitalize on what they were supposed to do. Um, and obviously you see a team, you know, two weeks prior um, makes it a little easier to, you know, see what works and what doesn't work. Um, but we also played them two weeks earlier, so we should have known, you know, how to how to beat it. But, you know, we we struggled a little bit yesterday with our with beating ourselves. You know, once we get that part figured out, you know, that's our biggest issue right now is just us beating ourselves. You know, I don't think there's been a team in the NFL that has had more penalties than us or you know, second and long or third and fifteens that we've had to overcome, you know, so once we can stop getting in our own way of, you know, stopping ourselves, I think we'll be the best team in the NFL. You've had an interesting career in that you go, you get drafted by the Packers and you play with Aaron Rodgers and then you leave there and then you're playing with Patrick Mahomes. How has that mm-hmm. been? <laughs> I mean, uh, I guess I'm living right, man. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're choosing good quarterbacks, man. <laughs> you know, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm guess I'm living right, man. You know, obviously I'm, grateful for the opportunity to play with two of the greatest to ever do it, um, you know, and never will take anything from those guys and, you know, what they've done, you know, but they, I got to catch the ball too, you know? So, you know, yeah. obviously that that's a huge help to have those guys throwing it to me. Um, but there's been a lot of guys that played with these guys too, you know? So I think I've made a name for myself and, and what I can do in the NFL as well. Do you guys even sweat a loss at this point with everything your team has accomplished? Do you even sweat a loss or just, hey, it's move on to the Dolphins? 
No, I mean, obviously every game is important. You know, we don't take any game, you know, lightly because um, at the end of the day, that one game could come back and, and hurt us down the line, you know, especially being a divisional opponent. Um, so, you know, we, we always sweat the losses and we always sweat the wins. You know, we want to be able to take them for what they are, um, you know, and, and learn from them, um, whether it be a win or a loss. And that's kind of how we have to operate, you know, to play this game. But like I said, there hasn't been too many uh, – 17 and no teams that won a Super Bowl. So, you know, right. it's, it's going to happen. How's Patrick feeling? Yeah, he's, he's cool, man. Obviously, he's a he's a competitor, so he hates losing just like everyone else in that building. Um, you know, so his frustration level was was high, just like everyone else is after that game. Um, you know, I think I hate losing more than anybody, and he's right there next to me when it comes to it. So it sucked, but, you know, he's going to bounce back like he always does. And, you know, and hit this road next week and get us uh, get us back in the win column. As a wide receiver in the NFL, I'm wondering, uh, because we look, you're, you're top 1% of the 1%, man. Like, you're you're mm-hmm. an incredible athlete. So I'm wondering, when you watch Tariq Hill play, do you even marvel at him? Nah, I mean, I think he's a, a unique talent as well. Um, you know, he's doing a bunch of great things right now. I think the 1,000 yards in eight games is insane. Um, and... I could be more proud of him. You know, we, we trained together in the offseason. I was just with him um, over the summer down in Miami working out. You know, so just seeing some of the things that he's he's doing and how they're getting him the ball, you know, it's it's dope to see. Um, you know, but I played with a lot of great receivers in my time. You know, Devontae and you know, Randall Cobb being two of them that I got to to watch play as well. And so, you know, you just learn from those guys and you, you take different things that see how they do and how to kind of put it into your game to – to maximize your abilities. Have you noticed any difference this season from last season in Eric Bieniemy's absence? Um, I wouldn't say there's a huge difference, you know, because like I said, Coach Reed still calls the plays. Um, you know, just EB was very, uh, very strong-minded with, you know, the small things, you know, and I think that can be, you know, missed sometimes um, when as us as players – kind of forget about him, you know, and he would always remind us to the small things matter. And I think that's just the biggest thing that, you know, he's going to instill in everywhere he goes, no matter if it's a Hall of Fame guy, no matter if it's a free agent walk-on or whoever it is, you know, I think that he's one of those guys that he's going to coach you hard no matter who he is. I think he ran into that problem over in Washington when he first got there because guys didn't know how to handle it, you know, and that was just the biggest problem, but he'll, he'll be your biggest critic, but also your biggest fan and biggest supporter because he just wants you to do the, th- do the small things right because it matters when it comes to the big things. Billy Gill, who uh, is my co-host here, is a massive Dolphin fan. I'm a Jet fan, okay? So oh. you can make fun of me all you want. But feel <laughs> free right now to tell Billy how badly you guys are going to kick their asses. Okay? Yeah, but also feel free to lose so that I feel good, you know? <laughs> I guess we'll I guess we'll see uh, at 9.30 on Sunday, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's too early, man. <laughs> all right, promote Charmin uh, one more time here on the way out. And tell us what you're doing with him. Yeah, man. Love what Charmin's doing, man. Making sure that you know, we're all prepared and going to be able to have our home away from home and keep our routine the same, keeping us uh, clean and uh, prepared for uh, whatever the Germany weather might bring us. One ply or two plied guy, Marquez? Yeah. Uh, two. You got to go two, man. Of course. More, the more ply, the better, I think. <laughs> Wait, standing or sitting? Two. I should have done the whole interview like this. Standing oh, or sitting? <laughs> 
What do you mean? Standing, man. What are you talking about? I, I don't know. Some people like to sit. I mean, I uh, you know. know, me and Levitard. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, man. You got to stand up, man. All right. Well, have a safe trip out there. You're right. 20 hours seems inconvenient when you can just travel 20 minutes. But uh, <laughs> regardless, uh, have a great trip and a safe trip out there, man. And good luck this weekend. We appreciate your time. Bud. Thank you. Thank you. Austin, it's a big week for us. I root for you hard every week, except this one. Not this oh, week. Okay, okay, okay. You're playing our Jets, Austin. Yeah, it is time. Monday night football. Prime time game, baby. <laughs> I mean, can you guys play a regular game like Sunday, four o'clock? Jesus, you're on every primetime game. I know, I know. It's you know, it's a blessing and a curse. You know, blessing because hey, you know, means you're probably playing some exciting football or anticipated to. And then a curse because then I had to wait around all day to to play, you know. Right. So it is what it is, though. We'll take it. Nice um, little bounce back for you this week, Austin. You and yeah, your yeah. finally, huh? Yeah. yeah. Getting back on track, not just, you know, myself, but our team in general. Just, hey, let's start start getting in the right direction here. Um, you know, let's knock one down. We got another one coming up against, you know, the Jets. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Buddy. But it's, that's, you know, queuing <laughs> up for number two. That's That's our mindset. <laughs> Right. Plus money for the charity, Billy, and your fantasy team. Exactly I mean, right. Yes. Weekend for yes. Most importantly, the most importantly, the charity. That account's <laughs> been filled up a little bit, huh? Yes, absolutely. Got to get it going. Yeah, we're behind a little bit. So I need some, you know, three, four game touchdown or touchdown games. Uh, that one felt good for you, though, huh? I mean, yeah, listen, absolutely. we talked about like losing to the Bears and what that might mean for your coach and the team and all that. But you guys won. You got yourself. Mike Golick was telling us earlier, that's the best he's seen your offense play the entire year. Do you agree? In that circumstance, yes, yes, absolutely. We were clicking, right? Got multiple guys involved. Um, you know, got myself going again, uh, which is always nice, obviously, for myself. But uh, it was good to see the ball getting distributed, you know, and other guys making plays um, that have had to step up for us because of injuries. You know, guys like, you know, uh, Parham, who, you know, made a great play at halftime, got into the end zone. Um, and, you know, with Mike going down, you know, Josh Palmer has been injured a little bit as well. So it's like guys are having to step up. And, you know, it was good to see that. So, I like where we're at right now. We just got to carry it over and do it again. I actually wrote this down as Chris Collinsworth was saying this. I don't know if you go back and watch your own games and watch the telecast and hear what the announcers are saying oh, about no, your job. No, I cannot stand. Yeah. I cannot stand <laughs> watching okay. the games with the commentators on. Okay. <laughs> Sound Sorry, down. Anyway. <laughs> Who Sound do you hate down. the most? Who do you hate the most, Austin? I, I don't even pay names. to him. I don't, I don't know him. I don't, I don't know any of their names. He doesn't hear them. To him. Mm. I don't want to listen to him because the stuff they say is just like, I get it. They're saying it for TV to kind of give some type of context, but I'm just like, no, right? No. But what anyway. if it's a former player? Because Keyshawn Johnson was talking to us about media criticism, and he laughs at it if it doesn't come from someone who's played football. And his basically what he was saying is, "Hey, don't criticize me until you've gone across the middle." Yeah. And Steve right. Atwater is lining you up. Yes, I would say our former players are the ones that are the most tolerable. Um, where like they still uh, they do a very good job. I think Tony Romo does a great job, and so does Greg Olson, um, calling games because they give the perspective that I'm like, yes, you can see the structure of the defense, you understand the scheme of what they're trying to do. That makes a lot of sense to me instead of just saying, oh, well, that didn't work, so they probably shouldn't do that anymore. Like, tell me why. Like, use the terminology, and then you know that's when I can really get respect instead of just using these general things that are like that's not exact. That's not no no. Um, but anyway, I digress because. <laughs> all right well, I, I let usually... me tell you what before we blast collinsworth let me tell you what he's saying okay 
I, I'm uh, not blasting thought, Collinsworth. I'm just saying yeah. commentators in general. But anyway, I okay. got to throw that out there. He's right. not an eye and eagle, guys. Two guys, we got it. <laughs> yeah, because Collinsworth, I think he was complimenting you. He said that you looked desperate, that you were running the football desperately because your touchdown numbers were down, and they should continue to give you the ball. Do you agree with that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if desperate's the word. That's what um, he was saying. I'm just. I'm telling you. That's what okay. He said. Okay. okay. Um, right. That's why I'm asking the question. I found desperate. Like desperate was a. It was a little much for me. Yeah, I think that's. Yeah, I think it's a little much. I, I understand where he's going for. Um, as far as the emotion that he's trying to put into it, like, like, oh, this guy really wants it. Like, I mean, I've always wanted it. There's never been a time where I'm not like, ah, like I don't need to go score touchdowns. Like that's what I do. That's my reputation. That's what I built up. Um, and so I guess desperate means to me like. I have to or else kind of thing, you know, and it's right. like for me, like I'm not thinking about or else. I'm just thinking I have to because I'm forward thinking because that's what I'm expecting to do. Not because if I don't, this is going to happen. Like I need to do this because this is the expectation for Austin Eckler. Um, I'm not desperate like, oh, something bad's going to happen to me if I don't No, Like I'm, I'm forward looking. Desperate to me is kind of like a negative connotation on it. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was a poor word choice when he was like he and to be honest, what he was saying was you have set the bar so high for yourself and you've missed some time this year because of injuries and you're not having the customary season that you have that it looked like you wanted to get it back all in one game and therefore they should keep giving Austin Eckler the ball. <laughs> hey, if, if that's what you want to call it, sure. But, uh, you know, if, if we can give me the ball, then I, look, I'm going to try to make everything I can in my energy to make it go forward. Um, and so that's that's my mindset every single week, whether you want to call it desperate or, you know, I don't know, enraged, whatever you want to call it. any of those energy right. terms of like, hey, there's a lot on the line. You got to get it done. Yes, it's all of those. I was uh, I was reading an article uh, and the writer was making an argument for you as the strongest pound for pound player in the NFL. Do you think uh -huh. you are? <laughs> <laughs> Man, you know, I, I, I would say probably in my younger years, uh, I still maintain like you know, great physique, great strength, all of that. Um, but definitely not like when I was in my first like three, four years of my career. Um, at this point now, it's a lot more maintenance. Like, I mean, we still squatted yesterday and have, you know, like four, 485 on the bar. And I did that for one rep. Like that's where I'm at right now. In pound for pound, like I'm I'm 195 pounds. So I'm not the biggest guy. Um, but I, I like to call myself a squatty body. I love, I love lower body, lower body days. Um, and so, yeah, definitely up there, but like, we got some of these guys that are coming in that are, that are flipping studs. And it was like, okay, I remember when I was, you know, that age and had those fresh legs, I was definitely thrown around that type of weight. You know, I would probably would have finished with over 500, um, with the lift that we did yesterday. Um, if it was, uh, earlier in my career. So yeah, I'm up there, but maybe not what I used to be. Um, I'm wondering the travel West Coast to East Coast, which you have to do this week because you play the Jets in their building. And uh, apologies for that building. It stinks. OK, but no, it does. It's awful. Uh, can you put that myth to rest? Like, is that difficult for players going West Coast, East Coast, different time zones? Is that hard for you? Is it tricky? Uh, yes, but it depends on the circumstances. So when we play like the early game, um, that's a little bit different because now we're you know playing at like you know, 9 a.m. our time or 10 a.m. our time, which we're not typically used to playing at that time. And then I think it's the other way around for um, like for like the West, the East Coast teams coming to our side, to the West Coast for like night games, right? Where now they're playing like 11, 12 o'clock 
You know, they're playing at midnight. You know, like they're sleeping usually during this time. So I definitely think that has an effect on it. Um, more so on them coming here and doing primetime games. But now we're going there and we're doing a primetime game. So it's going to be, I don't know, three o'clock our time. So that, that's that doesn't really affect us as much um, in that capacity. But I know these international games now, I think there's someone playing in Germany. Now, I think that's who knows what that time's change is. Yeah. That's like 12 hours for us, you know, 13 hours. It's only the um, biggest game of the year, the regular season, Dolphins Chiefs. <laughs> right. <laughs> they in put Germany. it in Germany. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that I'm not a fan of as far as time change, but, you know, we'll deal with it. You know, there's things where it, it you just got to suck it up. Um, you got to suck it up. You know, one of those things is weather. It doesn't matter. You got to suck it up. Time zones. Another one, you got to suck it up. You got to go play through it. It doesn't matter if you're tired. No one cares. The show must go on. How do you feel about all the like throwback jerseys, different uniforms? How do you feel about all that? Yeah, it's been interesting. Some of these colors, I'm like, is that the? I forgot who it was. I'm like, is that the? Um, the is that the Dolphins out there? Right. Um, and I forgot who it was, but it looked like their colors. It was some the throwback jerseys, and yeah, I think it's pretty interesting. A little switch up. So yeah, we'll let you go here in just a second. We appreciate the time as always. When you uh, when you look at that Jet team specifically, the defense, because I know that's what you're looking at. It's the strength you play running back. What are you seeing with that jet defense? Because it's really good, as you know. Yeah, um, I haven't. I just know just from watching them over there the past few weeks, but I haven't actually like dove into you know like where their strength is. Um, I know they have a decent front, um, so we got to have a plan for them. Um, and then really comes down to what our game plan is. You know, if I, how I look at these guys, hey, hey, are we looking to, you know, throw me the ball more? Are we looking to run, you know, off tackle more? Are we trying to get downhill? And then that's kind of how I dissect when we start getting into the actual film. Okay, let me look at these interior guys if we're running downhill. If we're running off tackle, let me look how these guys play the edge. So there's so many little intricacies that are based on our game plan, which we don't get until, um, you know, we're filming this today, but we'll get later in the week. And then that's that's kind of where my direction for my film study will start. But Regardless, it's the NFL. It doesn't matter who you're playing. You got to show up and play. You know, we saw that, you know, this last week, you know, who thought the Broncos were going to beat the Chiefs? Like probably right. just the Broncos players, um, yeah. you know, like, Some but that's the NFL. And half of them had, they didn't think it either. So. <laughs> 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 that, that's, that's the NFL for you, man. Any given Sunday, crazy stuff happens. Uh, so, yeah, we'll dive into this plan. Looking forward to it. Admit it though, you laughed when the Broncos when they played Taylor Swift in the stadium after they won that game, though. Did they really? Yeah. yeah oh yeah. Shake wow. it off, Austin. Lock it them. Shake yeah. it off. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Them, yeah. Some of these, yeah, these media, you know, and stadiums are getting bold. Like, I don't know if you guys follow the Chargers um on social media at all, but they are the biggest trolls um in the social media realm when it comes to any of these teams like it's it's i'm, I'm borderline like okay that might be pushing it a little bit like well, it was was one game ask, like if you if you see that you're like guys come on like you're making this harder on me like now i'm gonna have to answer some of these questions oh absolutely because here's the thing now people in the comments are like oh okay like you won a game but if now if we go out and we don't win now there's all these comment warriors keyboard warriors in there trolling us and guess what those are our fans and now if they're right. not the media team we're in the media as well so Everything's great if we win games, but if it's going up and down, how it's been kind of a little bit, it's like, ah, okay, let's chill with the memes. And well, just even like this past week, like we won a game, like we won, we won a game. All right. And now we're, you know, trolling the bears about how they didn't do, they're like, oh, they didn't do shit. And it's like, 
it was one game. Like, can right. we chill? Like, can we can we streak something together here before we start talking <laughs> crap to the other people's fans? Um, you know, they're maybe writing just, checks that you guys have to cash. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, guys, we still have ten more games we have to play, and you're talking about how you know you're trashing these other teams. It's like, well, we still have a losing record. Like, we don't have much to talk. Like, we got to get ourselves going too. Um, right. So. You know, I just want to make sure that we can back up what we're putting out there. And our social media team might be out there a little a little further ahead than we are. Uh, you're the best, man. Good luck this weekend. How much money do you give to your charity for each touch step? Uh, my, I'm a $1,000 contributor, so. Okay. I will give, I'll give $2,000 if you don't score any touchdowns. How's that sound? <laughs> oh, God, that's not. You know what? You know what? Hold him to that. Hold him to that. Just in case. Just in case. And we win. We have to win, though. And, yeah, no promises. No promises. I'm trying right, to give as much as I can to it. All right, man. Have a uh, have a safe trip to uh, to New York, and uh, I want to wish you good luck. I wish you good luck earlier. Mikey A got mad at me. Yeah, but no, I, I like you too much, man. Good luck hey. to you, Austin. Hey. hey, be healthy. Be healthy, Austin. That's Yes. Thanks, healthy. Mike. I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> right, Be boys. healthy, score a couple of tutties, raise some money for the charity, lose 27-26, okay? Ah, no promises. No promises. I don't know if I can do it. It is time for this week's edition of Studio Gots, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code STU for a special offer when you sign up. That's code STU only at DraftKings Sportsbook. College football week 10, a big week is ahead of us. Seven and five a week ago, 49, 43, and five on the season. Not bad. Let's get right to the games. I've got a lot of them. Rutgers taking on Ohio State. They are plus 18 and a half at home. Ohio State wins the game. They win by seven. I'm taking Rutgers. Rutgers covers the spread. They're plus 18 and a half. Texas taking on Kansas State at Texas. Texas is minus four and a half. Buy it down to four. I'm taking Texas to win the game and cover the game. Texas wins by six points at home over K-State. Mississippi, minus three. Take it on Texas A&M. Buy it down to two and a half. Lane Kiffin, Jackson Dart and them boys, they get it done. Mississippi wins by seven points at home over Jimbo Fisher, who should be wearing a ski mask when he coaches on the sidelines. Notre Dame, minus three at Clemson. Clemson, oh, are they bad. Notre Dame, pretty good. Buy it down to two and a half. Notre Dame wins. They cover. Notre Dame wins by seven points on the road. Nebraska, Matt Rule, starting to see some things. Minus three at Michigan State. Michigan State, bad. Nebraska, starting to see some things. Buy it down to two and a half. Nebraska wins. They cover. Nebraska by 10 points on the road. Missouri, another big game. Plus 15 and a half. They're at Georgia. I said a few weeks ago something was off in Athens. I was wrong. But Georgia wins the game. Missouri covers. Missouri is sneaky good. They can hang with Georgia for a bit. Georgia pulls away in the fourth quarter. Georgia by 10 points. I'm taking Missouri plus 15 and a half. James Madison, been taking them the entire season. Really good. Committee, good luck keeping them out of the playoff. Minus five and a half at Georgia State. It's a big game. James Madison wins, and they cover James Madison by 10 points on the road. Minnesota, minus two and a half at home, taking on Illinois. Minnesota wins. They cover Minnesota by six points at home. Northwestern and Iowa. I am only taking this game because I am being forced against my will to go to this game. I am. Northwestern, plus five. Ticket on Iowa. Northwestern covers the spread. Iowa wins by a point. They win one to nothing. Northwestern covers the spread. Oregon, 
minus 24. Take it on Cal. Oregon wins, and they cover the spread. Oregon wins by 45 points. Washington, minus three at USC. USC's defense is terrible. Washington uh, Washington got robbed by the playoff committee. Washington, buy it down to two and a half. Washington wins, and they cover Washington by eight points on the road. And finally, the big one, Alabama, minus three. Take it on LSU. Buy it down to two and a half. Alabama wins, of course, and they cover at home. Alabama by seven points over LSU. NFL, week nine. I was seven games under 500 headed into last week, and I told you I was trying to get it all back in one week. And I did. Nine and two a week ago. Oh, what a week it was. 30 and 30 on the season. And now we take off. Let's get to the games. Dolphins and Chiefs in Germany, of course. It is one and a half points. The Dolphins plus one and a half. Buy it up to two in the event the Chiefs win by a point. I'm serious. You'll thank me. I have the Dolphins winning the game outright. The Dolphins win by 10 points over Kansas City. Seattle plus six at Baltimore. Baltimore really good. Seattle also pretty good. Baltimore wins the game. Seattle covers. Baltimore wins by a field goal. I'm taking the Seahawks plus six. The Falcons minus four and a half. Take it on the Vikings without Kirk Cousins. Buy it down to four. The Falcons win and they cover the Falcons by eight points at home. The Colts minus two and a half at Carolina. A revenge game for Frank Reich. Huh? Anyway, Colts minus two and a half at Carolina. Take the Colts here. They win. They cover the Colts by six points on the road. Big game. NFC East. Eagles. Cowboys. Eagles minus three. Buy it down to two and a half. I'm taking the Eagles here. Dallas, until you do it, I ain't going to believe in you. Eagles win. They cover the spread. Eagles by seven points at home. Buffalo plus two and a half at Cincinnati. Buy it up to plus three. I have Buffalo winning the game. I love Joe Burrow. You know what? I think he's the best quarterback in football. But I think Buffalo is going to sneak out a victory here. Buffalo plus three. I have Buffalo winning the game outright. They win it by four points on the road. And finally, the Chargers at the Jets. This is kind of a win-win for me, I guess. If the Jets win, I'll be thrilled. If they don't win, hopefully I'll cover the spread. It's kind of a win-win. It's really not. Chargers minus three at the Jets. Buy it down to two and a half. I am taking Austin Eckler, Justin Herbert, and the Chargers to crush the Jets. Chargers win by 14 points on the road at the Jets. Those are the picks, everyone. Good luck. We have a weekend ahead of us, Mike. Maybe the biggest football weekend of the year coming up on both Saturday and Sunday. How about that? Well, listen, I mean, you you look for that because we've had some crappy ones, we've had some good ones, and we've had some that are supposed to be good that aren't as good. So you love when the matchups are are supposedly good. Right out of the gate for the NFL, that morning game in, in Germany. How great is that? Uh, for was it Miami and Kansas City and by then I'll be back in Arizona so that game will actually start I think it's 7 30 in the morning I get up and get NFL football how do you feel about that like Love the it. That, Mike it's one of the big games of the year I think if you're a Kansas City Chief you're not happy with it because you're being robbed of a home game at Arrowhead if you're a Dolphin fan you are happy because you get a neutral field yeah, uh, players, I go from a player's perspective. Perspective, They don't care if they get one less home game. Fans do, certainly. Uh, I, for Kansas City, in all honesty, they're like, get us back on the field as soon as we possibly can so we can get rid of the stench of that game that they played against Denver. They're just looking to get back and play well again. 
I mean, because that that was that was brutal. So interesting all the way to Germany for it. But you know, them's the apples. Both teams got to play under the same conditions. Mike, do you think this is a year where we could see a wide receiver as the NFL MVP? Meaning AJ Brown and Tariq Hill both have a very good case. Yeah, I listen. This is why I don't like the award. I I don't like the Heisman and I don't like the NFL MVP. I get. The quarterback is the most important position, especially in the NFL. In college, it certainly can go uh, in other ways a little easier than the NFL. But in the NFL, it's basically a quarterback award. When, you know, just like in college, I've said before he got hurt, Brock Bowers, in my estimation, is the best player in college football, but he's not going to win the Heisman. He's certainly not going to win it now that he got hurt. Man, there's some just some great. Great play going on. A.J. Brown, I mean, the first play in history, six games, over 125 yards. Tyreek Hill, 1,000 yards or eight in eight weeks. It's ridiculous how well they're doing. But as people on the quarterback side will say, well, they don't have all that unless the quarterback's throwing in the ball, which is true. I get it. But, yes, I could. I would love to see a non-quarterback win the MVP, but that seems to be relegated to Offensive Player of the Year that one of those two would probably win. So, Mike, we talked a couple of weeks ago about how you like how you prefer your college football and professional football viewing. And you and I both agreed we just want games in every time slot. Yeah. This weekend, you have like multiple games in every time slot uh, time slot on Saturday and Sunday. So I'm just going to reel off some of the games, some of the big games for the weekend here. And you give us your thoughts on that. OK. Okay. Yep. All right. Let's start. It's a noon kickoff. And now most people are going to make fun of me saying this is not a big game, but it is. Because Rutgers is sneaky good. I'm not certain how good Ohio State is. The game is in New Jersey. It's at Rutgers. Rutgers kept it close with Michigan in Ann Arbor. Then Michigan pulled away at the end there. So uh, let's start there, Mike. Ohio State at Rutgers. So I like this match because Rutgers has a tough defense. You know, they're they're sitting at six and two. They're playing well. Now, I don't think they're going to win this game, but they're playing teams tough. And, And so when you think you're getting a walkover opponent, sometimes you let up a little bit. I hope nobody thinks this about Rutgers for Ohio State because Ohio State has started out slow. Ohio State is not the dominant force we have been used to, and a lot of that is having a new quarterback. But you have the best wide receiver in the game in Marvin Harrison Jr. It's ridiculous. I mean, how good he is. They're the reason he and the tight end Stover, they won that Penn State game, and the fact that Penn State can't throw a vertical pass. Uh, But I, I, I don't see Ohio State losing, but I do think, this will and the spreads 18 and a half. I think that's a lot. That's yeah. a lot for this Rutgers team that that I think is pretty good. So I, I don't see an upset though. All right, let's go to what uh, Kansas State and Texas. The game is at Texas. Texas got a big break because Oklahoma lost last week. They were waiting yeah. for that loss. But Mike, we were all waiting for that loss, expecting that loss because that's what Oklahoma does. But this is a big game here. Kansas State, sneaky good team. They're at Texas. Uh, what are your thoughts here? So Kansas State and Kansas both just jumped into the top 25. Amazing. So I, I, yes. I mean, it's you got to love that, right? Yes. Um, and Texas, you know, without Quinn Ewer, Ewers last week, you get the kid coming in through pretty well, but you know, he, he's not gonna he's not gonna put the team on his shoulders and win. They have to win with the running attack and their defense. And again, just like we talked about with Rutgers, Kansas State is six and two, and as I mentioned, uh, just ranked now, sitting at, I think right at 25. I would be surprised. I think this is Texas's best shot in a while because it's going to come back to Texas and Oklahoma for the Big 12 title, like probably Washington and Oregon for the Pac-12 title. Uh, So they'll get to to play that again to see who's going to be in position to go. I would be surprised this year because this is what we wait for. 
in both the Pac-12 and the Big 12 is one of the teams that we say is really good to screw it up, right? I don't think Texas does that this year. I think I think they are going to be able to state their case by having the one loss as they go uh, into the Big 12 championship game. No one helps you with the quarterback's name. It's Malik Murphy. That's on us, okay? Oh, that's uh, okay. It's, it's, no, it's solely on us. And let's not forget, Billy, they're one play away from Arch. I mean, yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, they are. Missouri is a sneaky good team, Mike. Yeah, they, they are. are. They're a good team. Offensively, they're a really good team. They're taking on Georgia. I thought something was off, at, off in Athens uh, three weeks ago. I was wrong. Everything is fine now in Athens. Georgia playing really well. But this is a tricky game, Mike. I could see Missouri winning this game at Georgia. So this one, the lowest ranked first poll of the college football playoffs, the lowest ranked team that won was the first year of it. Ohio State in the initial ranking was 16, and they went on to win. That was with Cardell Jones, I believe, a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they won the title. So you look at teams that are probably going to be in that range, and Missouri is AP sitting at number 14, so they'll probably be in that range in the college football poll. And they're a team, a win this week, and this is the game uh, my son Mike is calling. They win this game. I mean, they're sitting pretty they're sitting fantastic right now will they i don't know but th- this is this is their best shot to jump onto the national stage and actually control some of the destiny of what they're going to do At the end of the day do i think they're going to do it probably not but listen stranger things have happened and we have seen georgia not look like a two-time national champ at times at other times we have and still right. no brock bowers yeah yeah, uh, Billy, what are you smiling at down there? Like, I what's just, happening? Lo- I just love a control your own destiny type of game. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I was, I was, I was also thinking, Mike, Sam Hartman, if he doesn't come back for his seventh season of college, I mean, maybe there's a space over there for Arch. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. Well, Sam is not coming back for a seventh year. This will be the well, last. That's what year. you think, right? And, exactly right. <laughs> and there is no doubt that uh, Notre Dame, I think, will always keep an eye on the portal. I don't think there's, I think every team has to now you're, you're, I think making a mistake. If you're not one of the things Dabo Sweeney, while he's making his comments back and forth to, to call in shows and other things, he hasn't fully embraced like the portal situation and such. And and I think you just need to, you need to do that nowadays to get yourself where you want to go. Mike, is it poor form for us to ask what your, uh, what your contribution is to the NIL collective over there at Notre Dame? Uh, it's a zero. Uh, really? really? Wow. Well, perhaps, I mean, listen, if you cared more, perhaps you get Arch. I mean, yeah, that's what I'm thinking, too. Yeah, that that was what I thought. Listen, there are a lot of people with deeper pockets than me. What I do is we have our Golic Family Foundation. We have mm. our golf tournament. And what the university does is they they bring over some of the student athletes to help out at our party the night before. Um, so, so we're, we're kind of involved that way. So wait, your contribution is they have to work for you for free. Yes, exactly. Um, that's odd. Yeah. We didn't say free. Oh, okay. okay. We didn't right. say Thinking free. Some suitcases with some money, some duffel bags. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I wish I had a duffel bag full of money. That'd be really cool. You're actually, you're actually Mike in a perfect spot because I feel like people obviously associate you with Notre Dame, Notre Dame athletics, but you also are in the media. So you can very yeah. much play the card of. You know, I can't be compromised here. I'm a media member. I can't really be contributing. I can contribute my time, but financially, I'm strapped here just journalistically. It does get weird. There were years ago, I remember talking about a recruit, and they actually called me. This is under a different regime. Actually called me and said, dude, you can't do that. I'm like, 
well, why can't, because you're an alum. I said, but I'm also, just what you said, Bill, I'm in the media. I'm talking yeah. about a guy in the media and they said, you're you're an alum, you can't do it. And I was like, I mean, the the rules that they have to know for recruiting uh, right. I mean, every year, it's, it's ridiculous. But yeah, I got my hand slapped years ago for that. You tell Brian Kelly to zip it up or what? Yeah. Well, don't tell him that because we may get him next week. So right. don't say no. Oh, yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> Everyone on their best behavior. Mm, there you Billy, go. Billy, he doesn't need to give money because that assassin, Jimmy Dunn, he's out there. He gives all the money Notre Dame needs. As I said, there are people with way deeper pockets, way right. deeper pockets than me. <laughs> yes. Let's go to pack, uh, the Pac-12. This is an interesting game. USC, their defense is dreadful. Horrible. Washington, they keep winning, but they're not impressive while winning. Uh, but Washington at USC this weekend. What do you think? Uh, I, I think USC's defense is just so bad. And Washington, so bad. I, yeah. I picked Washington at the beginning of the year to be one of the final four, and I'll still hold that because I think they'll end up against Oregon in the Pac-12 title game. Quite honestly, Oregon may be playing better than them right now. They, they are Agreed. just on yes. fire right now. I, I don't trust USC at all anymore. Not with that offense. I mean, not with that defense and the way uh, Michael Penix Jr. can throw the ball and that offense for Washington. And Kayla Williams has struggled the last couple of games, right? Ever since the, from the Notre Dame game on, you know, that, that offensive. Now, they put up a lot last week and a, a one-point win for them. Uh, so we know they're capable of scoring a lot, but their defense is just not capable of stopping a team very well. So that's their big letdown. And you're going to start to wonder about, are you going to start getting some grumbling out in USC because of the expectations? Even Lincoln Riley said, hey, maybe after last year, people's expectations were a little too high for us and because they have seriously come down to earth. Mike, he's got the same record as Clay Helton had through this many yep. games. I yeah, mean, he does. And yeah. we know the buildup that was before this. And now, you know, Caleb Williams is going to be, I don't care what anybody says, if he's going to be number one pick in the draft, he's leaving. He's not coming back. Right. Um, so, I mean, they're, they're in for some changes. Uh, the final game, well, game of interest, I should say, to to many, many fans is LSU and Alabama. Yeah. What a great game. You get it on a Saturday night in Tuscaloosa, LSU. Mike, if they were undefeated, Jaden Daniels would be the leader for the Heisman Trophy. Uh, he's played that well. Uh, but I still think Alabama wins the game. I just don't I don't trust LSU on defense. I don't either. Uh, they can certainly give up their share of points. What they gave up, what, 55 to Ole Miss, 39 to Missouri, 31 to Arkansas. So they, they can give up some points. Now, it's not like Alabama is a juggernaut on offense either. I mean, this is kind of a, a rarity where you don't really have a throwing quarterback. It's interesting. Tommy Reese left Notre Dame where last year they didn't have a throwing quarterback. And he goes to Alabama. We think, wow, this is fantastic. And they don't have a, a throwing quarterback. They have to do it with the running game and with the defense. Alabama is just sitting there under the radar the way Nick Saban loves it. No rat poison, as he would put it out there with the media. And they can just keep going and doing what they're doing, <laughs> stay ranked in the top 10 somewhere. It doesn't matter because if they make the SEC championship game and they beat Georgia, they're in the playoffs. That's Amazing. just how it's going to be with Alabama. So right. as we talk about who have the Big 12, can Texas do it or Oklahoma, Washington, Oregon, Florida State, if they win out in the ACC, the weakest of the of the Power Five this year, they're going to be in. But there's just Alabama just kind of right under the surface. Yeah, we'll just do our thing. Oh, we're in the SEC championship game against Georgia. What do you know? Oh, we won that one. Oh, what do you know? We're in the playoffs again. I mean, just, just incredible. Holy what a weekend. Eagles and Cowboys. Listen, the the Cowboys, you, you're trying to find out, okay, which which team are they, right? 
are are they the team that uh, that just just absolutely has played incredibly well um, at times or times that looked horrible, right? Against bad teams, too, against right? right, right. Again, but still, I mean, what what they have been able to do, um, and I think that's what people are wondering: what what team is this? You know, is it a team that smokes the Rams? Is it a team that gets smoked by the 49ers? You know, I mean, who who are they? Um, I still like Philadelphia. You have to say Philadelphia is the best team in the NFL right now. Yeah. And, and I agree, like Sirianni said, their coach, Nick Sirianni, it's really first and nine, not first and ten. And boy, though, though they did try a play off of that. You know, they tried to counter the yes. counter run and, and easily got in the end zone. Um I I still like the the uh, I'm sorry the Eagles in this one. I like the Cowboys as a team to be in the upper echelon. I don't know if I trust them enough to start to let let's talk about them as the top tier. That's fair. Uh, Sunday night, got a doozy. Bills and Bengals. <laughs> First and foremost, I mean we're a year over from Demar Hamlin and the fact that that game got called last year because he was laying there gone on the field and got brought yes. back. Just yes. the fact that a year later. He's on the team and on that roster and still out there doing what he loves to do is, is so far supersedes anything football wise. It's mm-hmm. incredible. But then you get to the game. What you have now is what we thought we were going to see a surging Cincinnati team, right? They're starting to look like, because after the first two losses, we were saying, ah, Burrow used to that is four years. He was one and seven in his first two games over those years, but they kept not looking great. But now they are. Now that offense He's getting is healthy, Mike. Yes. Yeah, he is getting healthy. They are starting to click right now. So it's tough for me uh, to go against Cincinnati uh, in this one. I just, I just, I really, really like the way they're playing right now. And the Bills, we see great out of them at times, and then we see absolute dreck out of them at times. So I trust Cincinnati more. Uh, all right, Mike, we got to run. Gojo and Gola, check it out every day, every morning, 8 to 10 a.m., on the DraftKings Network and wherever you get your podcast. God bless football, Mike. God bless football. Mikey A., what a special day. What a very special day. The Nigerian nightmare Christian Okoye is with us. He has a new book out. Mikey, you get the same feeling. Like when someone presented us Christian Okoye, it's the fastest I've ever said yes. You felt the same way, right? (laughs) Absolutely. This man was responsible for so much happiness in my childhood playing Tecmo Bowl. Yeah. Because everybody else took Bo Jackson. Me? No, I took Christian Okoye. Right. (laughs) Did you ever play yourself in Tecmo Bowl, Christian? One time I did. One time. Right. Yeah. You did? Only about maybe four or five years ago. Hmm. Just one time. You were the most unstoppable force in the history of video games, man. I know. I I hear that all the time. But um, uh, NFL Films came and did a, a show about it. And uh, they brought the game to me because I had never seen it. And uh, they had me play it. The Nigerian Nightmare, My Journey Out of Africa to the Kansas City Chiefs and Beyond. Why'd you write the book, Christian? Well, you know, ever since I retired from the Chiefs, uh, people have been asking me to write a book, you know, to tell my story. And um, I've been kind of, you know, standing back and resisting a little bit. But uh, I decided six years ago to start looking into it. And uh, finally, I found a guy out of New York, of all places, uh, to help me write it. His name is uh, Greg Hanlon, who um, is a very brilliant individual. He wrote a ridiculous book as well, as well as uh, a few other guys. So I invited him to uh, take a look, and he loved it, and uh, we got it done. What makes your story so fascinating, if you could share that with the audience? 
Well, you know, it's just the way um, I, in the book I told the story about how I grew up in Nigeria, went through a civil war in Nigeria, and uh, growing up as a poor kid and how I transitioned from uh, track and field, which I was originally uh, participating in, hoping to be in the Olympics. And then uh, when I found that I couldn't go to the Olympics because I was left out of uh, the list from the Nigerian uh, team, I decided to play football, which I didn't like at all. Mm. Wait a second. Wait, you didn't like football when you first started playing it? I hated football. <laughs> what? I, I hated football because when I started playing football, you know, football is not like a game where Nigerians wake up in the morning and they say, oh, let's go play football. It's soccer. We played soccer. You know, uh, soccer is what I love. Yeah, I love soccer today more than football, of course. And, um, you know, um, so when I started playing, it was very strange for me. I didn't like it. And uh, my friends are the ones who kept, kept me in it. Correct me if I'm wrong. The first time you watched an American football game, you were bored by it, correct? Well, the first time I watched a football game, a friend of mine, you know, innocent Ibnike, he, he from Nigeria, he says, let's go watch a football game. I got excited. I thought he was talking about soccer, you know. So we got out <laughs> there. It, these guys, you know, came out to warm up, and uh, I said, man, these guys are huge. He said, no, 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 they're wearing pads. I said, well, what do you mean they're wearing pads? He said, just watch. And they practice warmed up, and the game started, right? And uh, they got in a circle over here and a circle over there, and it seemed like they're talking to each other, and then they line up and hit each other, and the whistle blows. It stops. So it's not like ongoing like, like soccer. And I told him, I said, let's get out of here. And I had never, I never watched a football game until I started playing. I've spoken to so many NFL players over the years, and Jason Taylor really comes to mind, where he tells us all the things he had to go through Monday through Saturday to get himself back to be uh, to being able to play on Sundays. Um, and I ask him all the time, if he had to do it over again, would you do it differently? And he says, No, I'd do it exactly the same. So I'll ask you, if he had to do it over again, would you do it exactly the same? I will do the same thing. You know, I agree with him because, you know, playing in the NFL is like you are one of one in a million. You know, many, many kids, many star players in college want to be in the NFL. You know, most of them they don't get to. And uh, and you're one of the chosen ones to play in the NFL. So it's a. Uh, um, it, it's it's one of those things that when you think about it, you thank God that you you were chosen to play, be in that position. Christian, you you were absolutely a bruiser on the field, but was there somebody that hit you hard that you remember? Who was the guy that hit you the hardest? Yes, I uh, we went to Chicago uh, one time and um, playing the uh, Bears, of course, and uh, I remember this play. Uh, it was a third and one. We're trying to make a first down. And, uh, of course, we had a one-back set in backfield. I was the back, back in the backfield. Uh, no blocker in front of me. And um, I got the ball. I was sprinting to my left side, running as hard as I could. And here comes Richard Dent. You oh, know, boy. if you remember him, yeah. he can run, he can play. He's strong and he's fast, too. And uh, I saw him coming. I said, I got to get my first down. So I lowered my shoulder. I hit him as hard as I could. You know, boom, he fell over there. And, of course, he was doing the same thing to me. And I fell over here. And uh, I got up, man. My head was woozy. You know, I got up. I shook my head. I, I remember. And then um, I was told 
that I was walking to the huddle and Richard was following me because he was also knocked out. We knocked each other out. He followed you <laughs> back to the huddle. He followed me back to the huddle and one of the offensive line told me, hey, Richard, your huddle is over there. You know, but right. we, we talk about it today and kind of laugh. There's really no good way to ask this, but I do wonder, like, Christian, do you ever think, you think of the Steve Atwater hit, you think of, you know, what happened to your knees, your body's not feeling good. Do you ever think what your career would have been like? It was a great career. You're in the Chiefs Hall of Fame, but you could have been in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, do you ever wonder to yourself, hey, what my career would have been like had I not sustained those injuries? Well, you know, I never thought that. You know, I'm happy the way my career went. You know, I'm really, really happy the way it went. And uh, Steve Atwater thing is uh, one of those things that look good on TV, you know, and I think he will probably tell you the same thing. It was one of the, those things right. that looked good on TV. It was a Monday night football game. You know, we played him twice a year, you know, and um, um, many times I went against him, was not recorded or shown. But uh, that one, that one right there was, pop, you know, made popular and many people talk about it. Right. But uh, the, the one hit, I, I think I remember, uh, everybody else remembers the water, but I remember uh, Richard Dent, and he right. remembers that too. We talk Richard about it Dent. all the time. The Nigerian Nightmare, uh, the book comes out November 7th, wherever you buy your books. Uh, My Journey Out of Africa to the Kansas City Chiefs and Beyond. Christian, we appreciate the time. One more time on the way out, please tell people why they should buy this book. This is one of the all-time great running backs, one of the all-time great figures in the history of the NFL. Well, first of all, if you want the book, go to Amazon and type in Nigerian Nightmare. Yeah. Or go to my website, christianokoye.com. You'll find them there. And um, you have to go buy this book because uh, it's one of those things that you never hear about. I, I'm not your usual American that played football as a child and then, you know, worked so hard and get I was from Nigeria. I'm from Nigeria. And I worked my way through poverty in Nigeria, through civil war and so on and so forth. and fought my way to America to go to school and found myself on the football field. And that's strange. So you need to hear about that if you want to, um, if you want to. It's an amazing story, an incredible journey, and he writes it all in a book, The Nigerian Nightmare, My Journey Out of Africa to the Kansas City Chiefs and Beyond to get available November 7th. Uh, Christian, we really enjoyed this. We really appreciate your time, sir. All right, thank you. Thanks for having me. Carl, how are you? You're in a hotel in the middle of a trial. The story of my life, my fellas, but I do this for you guys. I do this for you. Hey, Gord, are you okay, man? Like, what's going on with you? Uh, everything's great. I'm entering the uh, wonderful state of uh, Rhode Island. I'm sure Sherry could, uh, you know, tell you the history of this state. Uh, Sherbert, do you indeed know anything about the state of, Ro- of Rhode Island? I honestly, <laughs> I don't know much about it. I just know that they get the tennis Newport what, Hall of Fame up there, right? Other than yes, that- yeah, the tennis Hall of Fame is in Newport, Rhode Island. Correct. Well done, <laughs> I mean, sir. That's, that's, that's all <laughs> I got. Perhaps one day you'll be in the Hall of Fame, Sherbert. <laughs> that's all I got. Yeah, there'll be a pickleball Hall of Fame soon, right? Right, I would imagine. Right, right. exactly, exactly. I'm looking forward to it, Share Bear. Share Bear's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Gord making the speech, right? I mean, I I could be like Dick Vitale. I could be a contributor, I guess. You know, (laughs) there you go. All right, let's get to the games, guys. Uh, here we go. We have uh, Dolphins at Chiefs. This game being played 9:30 in the morning in Germany. 
Weird. Biggest game of the year. <laughs> We're promoting it in Europe. Share Bear, going to start with you. Chiefs, minus one and a half. Take it on the Dolphins. Uh, you know, the, the Chiefs are they're a pretty serious team in Kansas City. And uh, I think Miami, you know, just all the fun, as you know, down there in South Beach, I think they've been time zone training. They're used to staying up late. And I feel like that time zone training of late nights is going to help them, you know, when they go across the pond. So I'm going with the Dolphins. I like it. <laughs> it's well done by you, Share Bear. Uh, KFO, can you take it here? Billy, I need you to jot this down for me. Okay. Uh, I think Mahomes is Mahomes is questionable, correct? He had the flu last week. Let's see if if there's an update on his stats. But right, he I'll, plays I'll make, playing in this game. He played through it. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I feel like he's going to play. I'll make this quick. If Mahomes does not play, oh, just then pick a team, K-Fog. Don't, don't give if us. If Mahomes plays, then I want the f- Chiefs. Actually, if Taylor Swift travels to London and Mahomes okay. doesn't play. How many qualifiers do you want, K-Fog? No, make a no, pick. No, no. Just pick no, a team. Give me, give me the Chiefs. Okay, you're the Chiefs no matter what. (laughs) Carl, what were you going to say? I'm sorry, K-Funk. Kayler is in Argentina right now on her European convention, the American portion of her tour, her heiress tour. She's not going to be there, man. I'm sorry about that. There's a rumor that she may travel, though, Carl, for the game. So we'll see what happens. (laughs) Okay, news to me. Well, listen, Stu got – this is the best set of games that you have selected this entire season. So right. I'll give you credit for that, man, okay? Well, give Billy I the credit. I didn't select, yeah. a, I didn't select a one of them, not one. Okay, Just, then Billy, Billy, Billy there you. you go, Billy. You get the credit. I'm surprised Listen, I'm finding out for the first credit. time what the games are when I opened Billy's email. I mean. I'm surprised that you gave him credit, man. I'm surprised. Get good for you, but you're changing. There's hope for America, man. Well, listen, right. I think that the Chiefs are not going to have two bad games in a row. Right. I'm going with Pat. Give me the Chiefs. Okay. All right, you're taking the Chiefs. You don't care if Taylor's there. You don't care if Patrick's there. That's how you do it, Carl Douglas. Thank you. There you go. Tell K-Funk, like, in the court of law, all those qualifiers would not stand up. Right, Carl? Get the f- out of here. Get the f- out of here. Mojo, Mojo tried that. Mojo tried that. Well, that's how we met Carl, because Mojo did that, and then we had to go to court. We brought him on. We brought there you him go. On. That's right. Tell him about it, Billy. Who is the lawyer that Mojo brought on that got destroyed? Troy. That's that's Troy. Wrong. Troy, Troy, yeah, Troy. <laughs> I kicked his ass. Kick his ass. <laughs> you did. I mean, you're one of the great attorneys we have here. Hey, 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 what do you expect? Hey. <laughs> All right, let's go to Gord. Who are you taking in this game? All the late night partying with Share Bear in Miami. I think I'm gonna I'm going on the Share Bear train here. I'm going with the Dolphins. All right, let's go to the uh, the next game here. We have Rams at Falcons. Uh, uh, Rams at Packers, excuse me. I have no idea if Jordan Love is good. Uh, minus three and a half. It's at Green Bay. Uh, Gord, I will go to you first. Packers minus three and a half at home taking on the Rams. I'm taking whoever's getting the plus points here. There's no, I don't think Green Bay is that good. There's no way. Okay. Hold on. Who's take- playing quarterback, though, for the Rams? Yeah, Stafford's out, right? Carl? That's Carl's team. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but Carl. I think he is, man. Yeah, bad, bad finger, bad finger, bad finger. All right, Gordon, you still want, uh, you still want the Rams? I agree with you. Like Gord, Jordan loves no good. I agree with you. I like the points. Where's the game? Okay, so you're taking the Rams there, despite uh, Matthew Stafford being questionable. I think is is what he's listed <clears throat> as right now. Let's go to uh, K Funk. K Funk, who are you taking here? Uh, I'm gonna go with Lambo here. Give me the Packers. Okay, Carl, who are you taking? I'm going with my heart, not my head. Give me my Rams. Okay. Share Bear, who you taking? I mean, after the Ryder Cup debacle this year, I got to take it. You know, the the USA last did win there, you know, in Whistling Straits, good old Wisconsin. So uh, I got a feeling uh, I think I'm going to go with Green Bay. 
All right, you're taking Green Bay. I have no idea what, <laughs> the theory you went with there. Usually we're in sync, but I have no idea listen, what Kohler and the Ryder Cup has to do with listen, anything. Here's well, the, thing. the last Ryder Cup, USA win was in Whistling Straits, and after That's the debacle right. a couple weeks ago. Right. You know? mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So what were you going to say, Billy? Last week, everyone was 3-1-1, one, and one, so don't question any of them. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. Yep. I'm sorry. Uh, Share Bear, I'm sorry about that. Uh, let's go okay. to uh, – <laughs> Let's go to uh, who hasn't picked this game yet? Everyone picked. Uh, oh, everyone picked it? Okay. Yeah. Did we lose Gord? Oh, there's Carl. I'm losing okay. people. They're bouncing in. They're bouncing hey. out. <laughs> All right. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm in a hotel room. I'm sorry. Put your wrong button, guys. Sorry about that. I know. It's okay, Carl. Don't worry about it. All right. Everyone took the second game. We go to the third game. Carl, I'm starting with you. Giants at Raiders. Raiders minus one and a half points. Whenever a team loses its coach and its OC, they want to bounce back, so mm. I'm going to go with the Raiders and give up the points. Okay, you're going Raiders. Let's go to uh, Cher Bear. Cher Bear, who are you taking here? I mean, I don't know. They, they fired too many coaches. I don't even know if they even know what's going on. Um, mm. I'm going to go with the Giants. I'm going to go with New York. Okay. Uh, K-Funk? Yeah, Carl, I didn't like your, your theory here because – they are a storm. They're changing their quarterback. Give me the Giants. Give me the G-Man here. All right. No one knows Vegas better than Gord. Uh, Gord, who you uh, taking here? V- Vegas uh, minus one and a half. Take it on the Giants. I have spent more time in a month in Vegas than you guys combined the whole year. <laughs> I will go with um, the Giants. By the way, yeah. I don't know the quarterback of either team. Who's even the quarterback of the Giants now? Uh, uh, I think it's Aiden O'Connell for the Raiders. Yeah, yeah. some guy DeVito or something for, uh, for DeVito, the Vito who they who, <laughs> he had Great negative game. nine passing yards against the Jets. Yeah, it went poorly. <laughs> All right, so you're sticking with the Giants? Uh, the G man, uh, DeVito went to Syracuse. I, I gotta go with him. Okay, I think Daniel Jones is back. Actually, isn't he? Uh, I don't know. One yeah, more week out. Dimes, I think Danny Dimes might be playing this week, but I'm out. Don't quote. Okay. Cool. I will not quote you on that. Yeah, we, would, we wouldn't want to. We wouldn't want to <laughs> tarnish your reputation. For as often as we quote K-Funk, we not this time. I love I love K-Funk. Uh, Cowboys at Eagles, massive game inside the NFC East. Uh, Eagles minus three at home, taking on the Cowboys. K-Funk, you first. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean this is always a close game, but at home I got to take the home team usually in these. So give me the Eagles. Uh, Gord, who are you taking here? Cowboys at Eagles. Eagles minus three. Yeah, I got to go Eagles. Sorry. Taking the Eagles? Right. Making sure I didn't get hit on this right turn. Yeah, boy. Okay, <laughs> good. <laughs> more important, Glenn. More important. That's more yeah, important, man. Uh, Share Bear, who are you taking? We're going to be there in Dallas this week, so uh, I'm going to go with Dallas. I'm going big old Dallas. Okay. Like it, because you're going to be there. Yeah. Uh, Carl, you're last on this game. Cowboys at Eagles. Man, it's a tough choice. I can't. Root for the Cowboys, so I've got to go with the Eagles. Mm. boy. All right, so uh, Carl taking the Eagles as well. Final game here. Carl, I'll go to you first. You can get out of here if you like afterwards. Bills at Bengals. Bengals minus two at home. I like the way the, the, the Bengals are trending. I'm going to go with Burrow. Give me the Bengals. I'll give it the points. All right, Chair Bear, who are you taking here? Bills at Bengals. Bengals minus two. I was looking at some old pictures there tonight from some charity events and uh, of Andre Reed's events, and you know they always say what twelve plus eighty three equals six. So, yep, um, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the Bills in honor of yep. uh, good old Jim and Andre. Love it. Uh, let's go to uh, let's go to K Funk. <laughs> K Funk, who you taking here? 
Carl, you're a little late to this train, but I've been riding Burrow for a few weeks now. Give me Burrow until he loses okay. for me. Huh. You're riding the Burrow train, huh? Is that what you're doing, K-Funk? I have been too, just so, <laughs> just so you know. It's a good train to ride. It's very comforting. Let's go to Gord here. Uh, Gord, who are you taking here? B-U-F-F-A-L-O. What's that spell? Buffalo. <laughs> I got to take my hometown. Uh, Carl, Dov uh, Carl Douglas, excuse me, uh, promote that wonderful law firm that you're a part of, please. Hey, man, Douglas Hicks Law in Los Angeles is doing it for people trying to make lives better. We're in trial right now in San Bernardino, but whenever you need me, we are there nationwide. Douglas Hicks Law. All right, Carl, we love you. Uh, anyone else want to promote? Uh, Share yes. Bear, anything to promote? I'm good right now. I'm right I'm, I'm a, I got a couple banks that are making some pitches at me for next week, you know? Yeah, okay. I'm gonna. <laughs> Stugatz, Gordy has a big pitch that he's on his way to, so maybe we can do like a trial run here. Okay, let's do it. All right, we have our view, healthy beverages. I don't want to have to read all the healthy ingredients because that would just take way too. Hey, Share Bear, what's up, baby? Cheers to you. I got one. Yeah, so it's pretty exciting. Uh, we have like happy sticks, which are actually vitamin... Um, Pitsy sticks. So instead of sugar, it's vitamins for kids, but tastes like candy. Healthy gum, Ooh, healthy like gummies. Um, so everything has vitamins in it instead of uh, you know stuff that's bad for your body. So CBS is super excited uh, to have us present today, and hopefully we we land nine hundred locations in Florida. Jesus Christ! Wait a second, you're not there for the tennis hall of fame. No. You're presenting no. the CBS today. Yeah. You missed that. You missed that early. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I'm sorry. He's pitching 36 <laughs> products to CVS right after yeah. this. <laughs> All right, Gord. Good luck with the uh, with the pitch. We're rooting for you, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Uh, good luck, guys. Carl, good luck on your uh, trial, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week, okay? Okay, man. Stay well. Bye, guys. God bless football. God bless football. God bless football. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So, what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Oh, I remember 1975, we were all excited. The bicentennial was right around the corner. Everyone was focused. 200 years. And then all of a sudden, Miller Lite sparked a new debate. Great taste or less filling? Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality. Great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. A light beer that tastes like beer. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller Time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com GBF. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer.